I started the, the Couch to 5K in September, so I'm going into the wrong time of year for, for decent running weather. So I think it was at week four or whatever. It was absolutely chucking it outside. But no, on my second run of the week, I'm going to go out, you know, just in the rain. And I suppose that's the point we thought, right, do you know what? If I can do it even when it's raining, then, you know, I, I can carry this on. If I can still get up early in the morning and go out for that run, despite the weather, then, yeah, maybe, maybe I can't do that. So it was just... It was afterwards that I got from knowing that I'd done something and that adrenaline rush, you know, at the time. I mean, it was, you know, it was taxing sort of doing some of these things, but Mm. that just sort of set me up for the day and gave me something to feel good at. A, to feel good at, but also to feel good from doing, you know, the fact that actually, do you know what, I I can run for, I don't know, at that that time, you know, sort of like 15 minutes or, or, or whatever. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Swimming Stories. I'm your host, Claire Oldham-West. So this evening, we'll be definitely filled with the sounds of the big match with England versus Italy. And I guess, to be honest, I've never really been interested in football. And I actually found myself shouting at the TV last time on that, is it the rebound goal with Kane? Uh, I think that's what it's called, I'm not sure. Uh, but I think it's just what the country needed, you know, that real enthusiasm that taste of commitment, determination, and the fact that we've been so lucky to get where we are now, I think, that's, you know, I think that's true to say. Just been a a big change in the energy shift, and I think that's definitely a welcome shift indeed. And, you know, Slimming World after lockdown is where I found myself. I've, I've gone back to group, and it feels really good to be back on plan. Definitely feels healthy with the food that I'm eating now. And I actually went out this week and I bought a book called The Clever Guts Diet. And that doesn't refer to the actual diet. It's not a diet as such. It talks about eating food that is really kind to your gut and your digestive system. So that's something that I've been reading. It's a really good book. I tend to listen to a lot of audio books. I don't often buy a book, but it's, yeah, it's a really, really good book. I'm finding it really interesting. I'm getting lots of ideas from it just to really help me with my health. Uh, It's not just about losing weight. I want to be kind to my body, give it the nutrients that it it deserves. So yeah, it's definitely a great book. Definitely recommend that. And this week's episode is with a guy called David Kelly. And David Kelly is from Northern Ireland. And I wanted to interview David because he's actually lost six stone today. He's still got two stone to lose. And I thought that this episode would be quite relatable. I know that people have put weight on even those that may be at target. So I thought the fact that, you know, he's still got this two stone to lose might be quite relatable during this time. And this episode covers everything about David's weight loss journey and how after losing his beloved wife to cancer, David was able to set aside some much needed self-care to provide a healthy future for both himself and his son. And David, you know, is such a great role model for his son And I'm sure you'll relate to many aspects of David's weight loss journey. Such, you know, such an inspiration. So here's introducing David to his episode of Slimming Stories. When you contacted me, you mentioned that you'd always struggled with your your weight from an early age, hadn't you? Um, I guess really since since teenage years, you know, was where was when I first sort of started thinking about sort of going on a diet and sort of trying to change my eating. I was tall. I mean, I'm, I'm six foot. So I was one of the tall ones in, in my year at school, but I was also, you know, one of the heaviest ones as well. I never 
weighed myself in those days, but physically I was just aware that, yeah, I, I was of a, a heavier build than, than other, you know, people's in, in, in my year. And, and, um, I remember I, I probably around about the age of 14 or 15. I said to my mom, right, I want to go on a, a diet, which probably for any, any, any teenage boys, probably the last thing you would expect to, to hear, but, um, I wanted to, to lose weight and it wasn't a case of necessarily being bullied at school or whatever, but it was, um, I'm sure like a, you know, a, a lot of people, it, you know, when you're that bit over, overweight, you know, um, even though you're, you know, I, mean, I used to play rugby. So even though you're in the rugby team, or whatever, you're sort of seen as the, you know, you get all the names, they're all big fella and, and all that sort of stuff. And it, I, mm. I guess it just sort of, it gets to you and, I, I remember I used to sort of take pack lunches in, in, into school and it was a case of um, for, you know, for breakfast, I'd probably just have um, a, a bit of, bit of toast for lunch. I'd basically have an apple, some cottage cheese and Rivita crackers. I'd, I'd have a normal meal, you know, at, at home, but yeah. that was basically my lunch. And I, I absolutely hate cottage cheese. Oh, I can't yeah. stand it. <laughs> But I, I basically forced myself to eat it because I thought, right, this is my little thing that I can do to try and sort of, you know, lose a bit of weight. Um, and I had no sort of target or anything like that or, yeah, in, in, in mind. I wasn't weighing myself, but I just wanted to physically feel different, look, yeah. look different, you know, I guess, fit more, and I guess, and, and sort of just um, cut back in some of the comments that I was getting. Um, so that, yeah, although the strange thing is looking back at some of the photographs, you look at it now as an adult, you know, years later, and you're thinking, I didn't actually look that that bad, but yeah. I guess in in my head, you know, and I guess from what you're hearing, you know, from from your peers and that in school, it it puts you into that mindset. And how long did this last with the the cottage cheese and the the rivita? I probably did did that for a couple of years. And I guess it was then as I sort of got um, in in sixth form to do my levels, then that I sort of just moved away from that and. I suppose really from, from that stage then, you know, where, although I was, um, I wasn't doing, I didn't play rugby for, for too long cause, um, it was causing problems with my back. So, um, physically in school, um, you know, I wasn't sort of being as active as I had been yeah. coming off, I guess, from, from eating that, you know, that sort of more restricted lunch. Um, and I guess really from there, gradually weight started to, you know, over, over the years started to then, uh, you know, build up, um, you know, because I was just physically less active. Once once I left school, went yeah. straight into to a job or whatever. It just all went from from there. And it's funny when we look back on photos, like you say, when we actually look back and we think, what was going through our minds is to feel that we needed to do something so drastic as to take cottage cheese and rivy to score. And it, it's it's a vulnerable time. I feel you know the the hormones racing, our bodies are changing and you know you feel that you need to take action and that's what you did mm. having reduced the the activity through your back problems and then going into sixth form how did you see your your plate changing during that time was you able to still have some sort of control over your food or was you just that sick and tired of the boring food that you just <laughs> put that to the wayside as a family, whatever, we didn't tend to eat a lot of takeaways or anything like that. Um, so, you know, coming from Northern Ireland, you know, bread and potatoes are basically forming the, the sort of staple of a lot of meals and stuff like that. You know, all the various different potato bread and soda bread and how many different ways can you have 
potatoes and that. So it it was carb carb heavy. Yeah. Um, and and I suppose then in those days, you know, it wasn't sort of healthy oils or anything like that that it was necessarily no. cooked in and that as well. So I enjoyed my food. I still enjoy my food. So I suppose it was a case of I just tended to at that point just want to eat what I what I feel like having. Never really had a sweet sweet tooth. It was more of a certainly at that age. I mean, it was more of a sort of a savory tooth was what I had. That was basically crisps, you know, crisps and peanuts, I guess, a bit long, a long standing thing for me to sort of turn to that, that sort of salty sort of savory thing is what, what I go for. And, you know, that's, that's what I enjoy. And it's always been my sort of go to run the chocolate. So having been through school and then through sixth form, having given up the rugby due to your back mm. problem, did you still continue into adulthood without taking on board any other exercise and at what point did you feel that actually you're not really in control of of the food on your plate and your behavior around that food um once once I sort of started working you know sort of at 18 whatever and I guess sort of started to you know socialize a bit more and sort of go out that that bit more with more colleagues and stuff like that and I wasn't necessarily a big drinker, but sometimes it would sort of go out, for, you know, on the social aspect after work. So I suppose, you know, take taking more alcohol in, in, in that respect. Um, never, never a huge amount, but I suppose really from that and then sort of going out for, for meals and stuff like that, it all sort of gradually started to sort of creep from there, really. If I was to look back at photographs, if you're very sort of size conscious, you, you don't particularly like having your photograph no, taken. No. So there's maybe not too many photographs of me out there. But, you know, looking back, it's like really, I suppose, probably after the first couple of years, so maybe hitting in around sort of 20 um, or thereabouts, where then the weight started to to creep up. And it wasn't necessarily, my gut feel is that I wouldn't say it was necessarily sort of that I was sort of drastically um, altering my diet or anything like that. But, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that all sort of adds, adds on, particularly when, you know, physically you aren't incredibly active. I moved away from from Belfast with with the job, uh, nineteen ninety four. So what, I was twenty four then. From that point again, there was another step change, and that's where it all really started, sort of going going up from from there. So having left Belfast and moving to Twickenham, did you feel that you had started new habits? I think it's quite easy when you're at home and you've got that. I don't know that that comfort kind of at your doorstep and you're eating healthy meals and then to change that to more I guess independent eating really where you can you can eat what you like and especially from from an area that is maybe busier and more sociable it's a bit more of a sweet shop kind of life isn't it you know you've gone from maybe not having those choices to to then having that array of, of choice how were your choices in that time once you'd moved to Twickenham? Um, initially, uh, I guess, um, changed my choices, I suppose, was the fact that sort of money wise, you know, pay, I'm, I was paying out for, you know, um, rent because I was, you know, renting a room or whatever. So paying out for that, paying out for other bills. Um, it was a case of, right, well, what, what can I afford? And, you know, the stuff that's, that's cheap is, is the, the process stuff, yeah. you know, and, and, and. You know, it was a, a lot of sort of processed food, really, that I was eating that, you know, wasn't necessarily the healthiest, but it was what I could afford. There was also, I guess, sort of this social aspect with work friends, you know, sort of where the, there was that sort of drinking culture. You know, I wasn't one for 
for drinking a lot of alcohol necessarily, but just you go out there and have a couple of pints and, okay, let's just go out for a curry afterwards. I guess for me, I suppose in that respect, it was almost like sort of, you know, being at university as it were, you know, yeah, that a, lot, yeah. a lot of people would, would, would have, have, have that experience where you're out sort of much more uh, and you're sort of doing a lot more stuff. So that, that was, I guess, you know, my period of sort of where I, I was just more socially active and um, not necessarily eating healthiest, taking right. more alcohol perhaps than, than, than what I would have done previously. And then, of course, factor in that you, you're not actually doing any exercise with that. No. It just starts, it starts to, to creep up. And it's, it's a shame, isn't it, that the things that are so much fun aren't always the, the healthiest options. And, and being sociable and, and being in that, that environment, it, it's hard, isn't it, when meals aren't necessarily planned. It's kind of right, we're hungry, so we're going to eat. And then we'll eat at the ne- mm. nearest, you know, takeout or the nearest the nearest place and especially when you include drink with that because that can do crazy things to your mind and well, why you may have the best intentions to you know go to the fish and chip shop and get a, a jacket potato and something healthy once you start drinking you know the, all of that go, goes out the window the salad the jacket spot all of that even though they are the, the choices that you can make it's easier and, and especially I think when you're in a group of people not to want to choose those options or choose those healthier options and 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 deprive yourself so having had that experience mm. with those food choices and with with your size at what point did you tackle your excess weight as an adult i guess for me the the turning point at least the first the first time i sort of got got to that point was when i when i hit 31 and I, I basically decided, right, okay, I'm going to do something about that. So, you know, I mean, that, I had tried sort of little things along the way, uh, you know, sort of reducing calories and stuff like that, but never really had any success and didn't find anything that I particularly um, could stick with. So when I hit 31, that time I got to 20, 21 stone, um, that's the point I thought, right, okay, I'm going to have to do do something about this and get it, get it under control. So at the time... Atkins was was the big thing, you know. Lots of people were sort of had a success with that. Um, so I, I I looked at that, and as much as I knew it was going to be challenging, because given the fact that I love my bread and I love my yeah. my potatoes and my carbs and stuff like that, to go on to to the Atkins, you know, was was going to be a real challenge. But I suppose, you know. I suppose the the benefit was then well I could eat more fatty stuff so like cheese and stuff like that. Another favorite yeah. was was not going to be a be a problem. And I also took up you know doing some um, exercise, so just on uh, an exercise bike and, and doing some free weights and stuff like that. And I actually got down to by about November in that year, I'd sort of lost four stone, and that got me back down to seventeen stone, which is you know a weight I hadn't been at for for years. It was challenging, you know to to get over that craving for bread you know when you're yeah. used to sort of that as part of your daily diet but I'm, i managed to to do it and actually still be able to sort of you know socialize okay which was a good thing you know i, I could have a couple of drinks and and i was still through the exercise and the diet was still actually losing weight and i haven't had that experience of the weight loss albeit with a plan that was a challenge because of your, your cravings with the carbs and taking part in in exercise did you feel that you'd, you'd got control of your eating. Did you feel that sense of, this is it, I found the answer, 
I'm feeling great, I'm working out, you know, I'm controlling my food. Did that feeling ever come at that point? The main thing for me then, and also now since I started the same world, is I was taking control. What I took control, and I can see the weight sort of coming off, that sort of, that, that helped me to be more motivated. Um, I guess my frame of mind, whatever, you know, I could, I could talk about my weight then because I knew I was doing something about it. So before, you know, if people made remarks about my weight or whatever, you know, I would have sort of brushed it off or, uh, or tried to avoid that conversation. And is that as long as I can see to myself that I, I know to myself that I'm doing something about it and I can see that that's happening, I was have conversations so people could say stuff about my way and I'll be fine with it because I knew I was being hard at it to, to lose weight. Sort of just the mindset, having that control in that way and seeing the results, you know, I was able to, okay, you know, if I want a little bit of bread, I'll buy myself something. Um, but I didn't need it. I got, I'd sort of almost like broken that habit of having it on a daily basis. Um, so, you know, to be able to sort of have it occasionally as a, as a treat, as it were, on, on, on the Atkins diet, that, that's, you know, was, was sufficient for me. But the main thing was, yeah, that, that control I was able to, and, and, and that um, um, willpower that I didn't yeah. have before, I, I was able to, not, I, I now had. Um, and, that, and, and I also, I guess, sort of seeing what was achievable, you know, seeing results such as being able to go off and, and, and sort of buy new clothes that's sort of, you know, more off the peg, as it were, you know, stuff like that. It just all helped to fuel me and motivate me that yeah. I, could, I could do this. I knew at that time I wasn't going to necessarily be on this forever, but it was helping me lose weight. The goal that I had at that point was just to sort of lose weight and be get back down to, I suppose, what I would consider a normal size. Now, I had no, I had no sort of target or anything like that in mind. I just wanted to lose weight and get back to be able to buy clothes just, you know, in the average shop. I know that one of the things when I really commit to a healthy eating journey that white bread, you need to stay away from that, just like chocolate. Although it's so Moorish, you know, it's in all the supermarkets, you can... You can see it being baked. You can smell this, you know, that fresh baked bread smell. It's such a comforting thing to experience. But being on a, a diet such as Atkinson's, where carbs is like the devil, and you have to stay away from mm. it. I, I mean, I, I've done Atkinson's, and I felt. I mean, I only did it for a week, lost five pounds, but having bacon and eggs in the morning just wasn't for me. I know some people love it. I know my friend that does keto; she loves that for breakfast. But I could not. You know, I'm, I'm definitely a cereals person. I could not stand that first thing in the morning. So I know that your habits with, with Atkins, although they were very successful at that time, I know that they didn't work for you and that there was a time that you stuck to that and then you decided that you, you couldn't keep up with that for mm. the future. So how long was you able to maintain that loss having done the Atkins diet and what pulled you towards Slimming World? The Atkins lasted into maybe through 2003 um, and I guess then I'd sort of I'd sort of met uh, my future wife then I sort of you know, met her in 2002. We both done it together for a while but um, I guess it was something then and I sort of early 2003 we just sort of stopped doing it 
and really from from there it's just again the weight started to to creep slowly back up i was probably sitting for quite a few years i was sort of sitting probably in around somewhere between 18 and 19 still and just sort of fluctuating from there where it went creeped up a bit but never really sort of shifted it down and, and sort of got back down to long-term healthier weight shall we say the next sort of real sort of change for, for weight came in, in 2015 and that, that was basically when my wife was, was diagnosed with cancer so in, in being her carer for sort of the the 18 months before she she passed away um being her carer trying to do this you know my, my job still, my full, full-time job, which was able to do from home, look after my son. Food basically was just sort of a basic fuel. So I, I wasn't sort of necessarily eating a huge amount. I'd sort of fit it in. I made sure that Don and, and my wife and that were fed. But for me, it was a case of, right, I'll grab what I can. So I lost. Um, I, I sort of had been up about 19 stone before my wife was diagnosed. And by the time she she passed away, I was, I was down to about 18 stone. And really then what happened after that, so I'd, I'd sort of lost that bit of weight, but I then fell into, I fell into the trap in my grief, basically of comfort eating. Um, or for me, I suppose I'd probably say it was more comfort snacking. Mm. That sort of carried on really till we're looking at 2019. So for three years that, that carried on. And during those three years, I put five stone on. That situation of work from home. But being the sole carer for your wife and, and your son and then thinking about yourself because you need to look after your health. All, all, all of those things, that's such a, it's such a weight that must have been so, so difficult. And we've all had experiences, no, no doubt anybody that's listened to this, this podcast where we feel that we can't focus because there's a lot going on. And being a full-time carer, your mm. wife that's now passed that that intensity those feelings the, the care for that other person who's is in need of you in those moments is is quite rightly your you know your priority along with the fact that you're trying to balance work and you're trying to look after your son at the same time did you feel that mm. there just wasn't enough hours and energy to, to take care of yourself because of the the intense emotion in, in obviously in your home, look, looking after your wife in those days. Yeah, and, and it was a case of there was a, a small window, you know, in the evening, or, you know, perhaps after, you know, my son has sort of come home from school and, and had been fed that him and my wife would sort of spend some time together. So that was my opportunity, right, okay, just uh, have, you know, um, something quick to eat and then maybe just sort of, you know, sit and watch a bit of TV for, for half an hour or whatever. And, and just sort of, I guess, replenish myself in that respect before then, right? Okay, you know, got to get him ready for bed and, and, and you know, various other things. So, you know, I, I was at the bottom of the priority list, you know, that's when you're in that situation. So you get away with what you can. And during that period, I did develop um, sciatica. We are going to the doctor at the time and she said, look, you know, you're your body's just sort of having a physical reaction to all this stuff you're doing. You're just stressed out and around all over the place. And, and as a result, of that's why you've, you've built the sciatica. Um, you know, so self-care, yeah, in that respect, wasn't, no. wasn't a, a priority. You chose to use the food to obviously get through these horrendous emotions. I've had loss, but I've, you know, that the 
intense emotion of, of losing your partner I can't even begin to to imagine that I'm not going to you know say something that's extremely patronizing because it, it would be because I've, I've never been I've never been in that situation and this is where I feel that the fact that he's able to use food when there's so many other things that you, you could have turned to in in that moment you know in that desperation going through that grief but you was able to to use food and did it spiral out of control the comfort snacking as you put that for me I guess really where it came wasn't so much necessarily during the day it was a case of I find it was once I'd sort of got my son to bed and like this is this is it for the evening I I've got a bit of me time um as it were um it was in those periods where I just sort of sit down you know watch a bit of tv and and the old favorites of you know crisps peanuts peanuts is they're my kryptonite you know I, I would just sort of get a sort of big bag of peanuts and I could probably munch through most of those just sitting there watching tv and I and I guess it's it wasn't necessarily that I was hungry but it was just that sort of comfort that it, it brought of just sort of doing something and, and sort of, I, I guess it's almost like sort of getting into the screensaver mode where you're watching TV, you know, taking that in and you're just sort of putting stuff into your mouth without actually paying attention to what, what you're doing. Um, mm. I was very conscious, you know, that a lot of people would sort of turn to, to alcohol and stuff like that and use that, you know, as a way to sort of dampen the emotions, um, the, you know, the grief, the pain of the grief and, and stuff like that. So I was very, very conscious of that. You know, I, I, I sort of write, I, I um, if I'm buying beer, I'll buy non-alcoholic beer. I'm not going to fall into that trap. And I, and I sort of pretty much lost interest in drinking wine. That was something that, you know, uh, you know, my wife and I would sort of share a bottle of that at the weekend. It just wasn't the same on my own. So alcohol wasn't a problem. And I was very focused on making sure that that wasn't going to spiral out of control. That that feeling of just being a thing, being normal, just sitting and watching a bit of TV and just having something to eat and getting some kind of enjoyment, um, you know, when everything else around you, you know, wasn't sort of giving you that, that sort of satisfaction necessarily in, in, in your grief. And, and that's the thing, because you've got, you know, your young son, it's not just the fact that you're there to deal with your emotions. So how long do you feel that actually took to be able to say, right, okay, I need to do this and I need to do it for me and I need to do this for my health and it, Im, implement those changes. Looking back, it must have been difficult to step up for yourself and say, actually, I just need to get this done. The last half of 2018 where I started to to actually, I suppose, be more apparent of it. So, you know, having to sort of get clothes that were sort of, you know, 3XL now and, and, and sort of an expanding waistline, whatever, you know, that that sort of, you know, I started to pay more attention to that. Photographs, you know, there's a few photographs from back then. I wasn't happy with at the time, but you know what, I'm, I'm, I was back over in Belfast visiting family, so we'd have a family photograph. And I'd look at that and I thought, oh, you, you know, this, this is terrible. I've got to start doing this. So I suppose my intention was, once I get Christmas out of the way, you know, I'll start off 2019 and, and try and do something about it. Now, as it was, I sort of got that wake up call in 2019 when I, I was due for an operation and at the pre-op that I was having in, in January um, in 2019, um, I was told I had very high blood pressure and basically you got to lose 
you know, lower your blood pressure, you've got to lose weight. Otherwise, the operation won't go ahead. So at that point, it was right, okay, this is it. This is my motivation now for self-care, you know, for doing something about this. And I thought, okay, well, do I go back on the Atkins? Because I know I, you know, I could do it. You know, I've done it before. It could give me some success. But, you know, all the various things I've heard about the Atkins since. And, and also the fact that I thought, well, I'm not quite so sure I'm so strong. In, in my frame of mind at the moment to, to be as restrictive as that. Um, so I, I looked at, at other other stuff. Um, and my wife, you know, she, she had sort of tried Stunning World um, on and off over the years. Um, that was when it was the old red and green days. Yeah. I know in the past I'd sort of dismissed it because I, I couldn't, with the restrictions on those days, I thought, well, no, I can't eat that. And, you know, I can't eat my meat and my, you know, carbs, whatever, on the same day. I'd sort of, dismissed it back then but talking to you know my my gp she was saying oh it's 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 different now why don't you you know she she referred me you know i sort of initially tried it online um sort of done that for as an online member for a, for a month i actually find it oh it's not not actually that bad you know it's it's changed now i can you know eat a bit um that mixture of stuff that i couldn't do when it was the old red and green days and um i lost a stone within the first month and then had the courage then to go to a face-to-face group because it was something that whole thought of just standing there in a room on the scales and somebody else gets to see what weight you are and mm-hmm. stuff like that that would just sort of was not going to be me you know that, no. that which is why I went down the route of online initially but again I suppose and like I said before that that bit where you know once once I'd taken control and could see that I was having some success that helped me right okay look what's going to be so bad and and, and doing that you've lost some weight if you carry on doing this you'll lose more so i had I basically plucked up the courage to go to to my local group I've, I've just been on slimming world you know since then what surprised me compared to having done something like the atkins or whatever was actually just how much i could still eat and it didn't even feel like you know like a diet as such yeah, yeah. it was more just about sort of eating sensibly you know so i could have um a little bit of bread you know like uh, each day you know that wasn't a problem and i could still have you know a small portion of cheese whatever um you know so i could still have those treats and also still be losing losing weight as long as i you know controlled portion sizes uh, of certain things it was it was okay i think the freedom of finding a plan that works for you especially when you're a foodie and you really enjoy food is quite liberating and the great thing with you know with swimming world with weight watchers is it's a calorie deficit but the way that they put that across for somebody that may be busy or maybe hasn't been used to calorie counting is that they put it across in a way that allows you to have a healthy nutritious diet and it's accessible isn't it there's there's things on there that you can go to when you're busy there's things on there that you can choose when you're eating out there's things on there when you want to do I don't know like a big roast but you want to enjoy that without the guilt of thinking oh my goodness I'm having a Yorkshire pudding but can I have that or I can't you know I'm not on a diet today because I've got a Yorkshire pudding on my plate or I've got stuffing on my plate you know you can plan your week your meals around that and I think that is the joy of doing something like Weight Watchers or or Slimming World. I know that 
Mm. While you're not at your target, I feel it's really important, especially just coming out of lockdown, that we celebrate the success that you, you're very, very close to target. You know, you mentioned you're only two stone away and you've, you've been able to lose this weight and it's impacted your health so much so that you've now got this this energy to put towards running and although you've had this injury just talk us through how it has been having found a plan that you feel that works for you and been able to pick up running and and get into that headspace where this is this is something that you can actually look forward to it's not something that you dread doing it's something that has really become integral in your weight loss journey in your fitness journey I would never have thought in a million years of me actually doing any kind of or anything like that you know I did a bit in school I wasn't too bad in the younger years but you know this was um last last year in, in lockdown when we went into lockdown number one I guess I sort of fell off the wagon a little bit so in in trying to you know put I put a little bit back on, probably about four or five pounds before went back to Slimming World. But I suppose what I did to sort of try and help me get to that when I, when I fell off the wagon was I took up walking. And I'm a, I'm a pretty fast walker. I did sort of build up, I guess, a decent heart rate, you know, that sort of it did help me then. By the time I got back to Slimming World, you know, have, have not too much added on to the scales. And I guess thought, right, okay, I need to do something more than this. So this has helped me lose weight, but I need to do something more than this. And um, I thought, okay, well, let's see about this couch to 5K thing, you know, that I've, I've, I've had some people talk about. And, and I've I done that. And I, I guess I suppose the way I feel is that the, the walking sort of helped me a bit with that because I've been doing that for a month or two. Uh, I'm doing some long distances. The, the initially... The first few weeks of Couch to 5K weren't as tough as what I thought they might have been. And I thought, well, okay, maybe, maybe I can do this. You know, maybe I can actually get fit, get healthier. And, and, and um, I actually quite enjoyed that buzz afterwards. You know, okay, I'm only running for two minutes or, or whatever at a time, you know, but actually finishing the session and knowing, right, I've actually ran this far or that, or that far for like the time. I actually, I actually felt pretty, pretty good within myself, you know, that I could, I could do this. And, and even as I, I think it was week four, you know, I mean, of course, I, I started the, the Couch to 5K in September. So I'm going into the wrong time of year for, for decent running weather. So I think it was at week four, whatever. It was absolutely chucking up outside. But no, on my second run of the week, I'm going to go out, you know, just in, in the rain. And, and I suppose that's the point where I thought, right, do you know what? If I can do it, even when it's raining, then, you know, I, I can carry this on. Um, if I can still get up early in the morning and go out for that run um despite the weather then yeah maybe maybe i can't do that so it was just um the buzz afterwards that i that i got from knowing that i'd done something and that adrenaline rush you know at the time i mean it was was, you know it was taxing sort of doing some of these things but Mm. that just sort of set me up for the day and gave me something to feel good at a to feel good at but also to feel good from doing you know, the fact that actually, do you know what, I, I can run for, I don't know, at that well, at that time, you know, sort of like 15 minutes or, or, or whatever, you know, and also seeing the difference in the scales as well. Again, just added that sort of extra layer of motivation to I'm going to keep going at this. was due to turn 50 um, in uh, February uh, in, in, in 2021. So I, I wanted to to get 
fit on the right side of 50, you know, and, and, and sort of have a real sort of life change in that. So, you know, as well as the success I was having on Seven World at that time, I wanted to write, okay, I need to factor in some body magic now. And, and this was going to be my way of, of doing that. And, and I think for anybody listening to this, thinking what, what the hell, you know, running, what the hell. And I'm sure I've had this conversation about 20, 50 times on, on this podcast already. But all that I would say is, you know, unless you've tried it, unless you've had a taste, how do you know if you like it or not? And if you feel that you can't run or it's nonsense, or how can you get a buzz? How can you get a, an adrenaline rush from running? You have got to try it. It's as simple as that. You've really just got to try it. And trust me, from somebody like myself that struggled over the years with depression, and just for those days where I feel that, you know, I, I need to put some oomph behind this day. I've got all, all of this planned for the day. I need to start the day with real, real momentum. I feel there's nothing better than starting your day with a run it's almost like you're showing up for yourself especially in the rain you know if you can get up in the morning and go for a run in the rain you literally feel invincible can you relate to that David that it just simply sets you up for the day and it's crazy it is crazy you know you could have an extra half an hour in bed or an extra hour in bed but no you choose to get up for that run and just talk to us about the action of setting your intention to start your day with a run and how, how that helps you throughout the rest of the day. I run in, in the morning and I prefer that. Uh, just set, set me for the day. What I like when I, when I sort of go, go out there is just the, the, the quietness, you know, the peace and tranquility because generally maybe there's not that many people, um, you know, I mean, sometimes I'm up at, so, and I by six o'clock Maybe other mornings it might be sort of, um, you know, maybe eight o'clock or something like that. But I, I like the fact that it can be just sort of, you know, tranquil, not too many people about. You know, I, I sort of tend to run along the canal and it's just nature, you know, watching watching the grey squirrels or the, you know, or the birds or whatever. And just that sort of sign. It's just to me that just sort of it's just that peacefulness. Uh, that you get just for that little moment in time, you know, that you're out there, they're running. I, I just thought I, I like that. I, I've been running, you know, by myself, you know, so I haven't been part of a club or anything like that. So I suppose that's something actually I, I look forward to, to be able to sort of run with other people. But just for me at the moment, it's just that tranquility that I get, that, that sort of peacefulness by running out by myself and just seeing nature around me. So on this morning's run with my friend, I saw a heron in the water and we, you know, we stopped and take photographs. The other day we, stuck, we took photographs of, of the um, little ducklings and we can see them growing. And then there's a swan that's making a nest in the river. And often the swan will be inside the nest. And it's just, it's, it's lovely to be able to be living in a village where you've got that joy where you can run near the river. You, you know, you can run through you can run through the fields, you know, the arable land that we've got. You can run around the fields and you've got the trees. And I like to listen to music, but I'm also very visual. So I just like the fact that I can see, I can see the, you know, the, the water going past. And, and there is that, that clarity of running in the morning, like you say, when nobody's around, where it's quite still, you know, the traffic hasn't started yet. And it's just, 
it is a joy and it's it's a great feeling to be part of that and no doubt there'll be people listening in london thinking my goodness i can't think of anything worse i like the buzz and the chaos but no i'm definitely with you on that way it's just lovely to to get out in nature it's that ability to be able to switch off you can then focus on what you really need to focus on and and i think that's hard to explain to anybody that that hasn't hasn't ever started running that the benefit of going out and getting wet in the rain of a morning when you could actually have the extra half an hour is it's really it really is a gift and it's something that you know I, I've spoken about this on the podcast other people have, have come onto the podcast and spoke about this but unless you've actually tried it unless you've tried it you won't really get it but I'm glad that you've been able to find this this ability to get out there and, and to be able to clear your mind it really is, yeah, it's, it's a great tool. And I hope that when you do choose your running club and you are running with people, you know, you can still do those those runs on your own and still get benefit from both of those, both of those things. Anybody listening today that has struggled with, you know, coming out of lockdown, having been in lockdown and all, all of those changes, what piece of advice can you offer anybody that is looking to start to, to make changes with their health journey? I think uh, two things, both for, with regards to the fitness as, aspect of sort of doing some exercise. I mean, for me, you know, I, I was 19 stone when I started the Couch to 5K. So what I would say is don't let, you know, your weight necessarily put you off from thinking about doing something, some form of exercise, whether it's walking um, or sort of going to the gym or running. Um, you know, so for me, it was like, that you know i was going to go out there and, and, and do that and i guess once i started to sort of see results that encouraged me so I, i'd say from a, a sort of a body manic or fitness point of view just try and do something to help to help you on that front with regards to you know sort of healthier eating for me one of the key things has been a sort of is, is planning you know that's the thing that sort of really helps helps me to focus for the week and sort of you know it's, whether it's in my shopping that I'm buying and I, I sort of, you know, I, I, you know, make sure you always have a shopping list and stuff like that sort of, you know, so you know what you're, you're doing on this, like you sort of stray off and buy this or the, or that. And I guess the thing I've, I've sort of learned is that even though actually I, you know, do follow the, the plan and stuff like that, I guess for me, I've, I've learned to sort of accept and sort of manage the, the plateaus, you know, that sometimes it will go up, you know, and so, but it'll come down maybe in a few weeks time. And, and just to try and sort of stick with the long journey. And, that, and that's the thing for me. This is a, a this is a lifestyle change. This is a long journey. This is not sort of want to lose a little bit and like I'll just sort of, you know, I gradually put stuff back on. Again, this is this is it. You know, there's no going back for me. And this is a healthier eating lifestyle. And that's the bit that sort of right, I absolutely know I need to change this. And for doing it now for the past couple of years, it's just really helped me sort of just have a different palate different tastes i can have a little those little treats but actually i enjoy so much more now than what i I used to and and the great thing also for me is the fact that my son eats an awful lot more healthier than i did when i was his age um Mm. so he's learning i guess through example you know yes he may still have sometimes you know if i'm doing something i'll give him the proper sort of you know full fat chips as as it were and i'll just have the you know the, the fries that I'll do in the oven, or I'll maybe just have a you know a baked potato or something like that. But on the whole, he's so so more healthier than than I did at his age, and probably a lot of his friends 
uh, are eating from from what I hear from what he said they take in to, to school for their lunches that's fantastic the fact that you've been able to be that you know role model for your son and I'm sure people listening today would like to follow you on Instagram just to see how far your journey goes with this and right down to when you get to your goal weight which is going to be very soon because you're only two stone away you know you've done so so well what is your Instagram handle David it's uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say it as I'll spell it as well but it's Northern Ireland man so coming from Northern Ireland the us locals as it were we call it Northern Ireland so it's N-O-R-N-I-R-O-N man this whole thing on Instagram with a lot of there's this big community out there in Slimming World that uh, I've only just recently discovered. So I don't have a lot of stuff on, you know, like other people have seen out there as far as posting pictures of this and that, whatever. Um, but I, I do, you know, do some stuff occasionally. That whole community out there is wonderful. I find really helpful and supportive to me. Yeah. There's lots of there is lots of support out there and. You know, go over, say hi to David. Uh, you all see his runs on there that I see every now and again. And it's been great to have you on, David. It's been a real joy. And I know that, you know, your bravery of, of going through your journey in, in quite difficult circumstances and, and then finding this plan that works for you alongside your joy for running is, you know, it's simply inspirational. So thank you so much for joining me and, and you take care. Thank you. Thank you. So it goes without saying that this week's episode has been truly brave and inspiring. You know, we, we think about all the things that you can do in terms of exercise and, you know, running. It's it's free. It's, it's available to everyone. And look how this has helped with his mental health, with his ability just to start the day on a positive note. And the reason that I keep going on about it... <laughs> For anybody that's listening thinking, oh my gosh, you're talking about running again. It's for a reason. It's because as hard as it may seem just to get started, you know, it really is. It's the key to a lot of problems, I feel, because the mindset piece, it's not, it's never about the run, okay? It's never about how fast you go, how many miles you go, you know, how many ills are on your run. nothing it's nothing about that at all it's literally about oh my god it's raining outside just like what david said it's raining outside i could stay in bed but you know what i'm going to get up and i'm going to go for that run and that mental strength that you build up when you take on a run when there's so many other things you could be doing so many other places you could be but when you take that on it's a game changer it really is and it's lovely to hear that, you know, David's been through such such heartache with his wife, caring for his wife and losing his wife, but being able to find some sort of peace within the fact that he can just get his trainers on and go out for a run. So that's why I'm banging on about it. That is why, and it's free and anybody can do it. You know, you don't need any special equipment, just an half-decent pair of trainers. I think I bought mine from, like, Sports Direct for, like, £35 or something, you know, and that's it. You've, you've got everything you need, literally. And I hope that this episode will inspire you to possibly think about running, even if you've never, ever considered it at all. Even if, you know, you run a couple of paces and you're out of breath. Just to stick with that momentum for a couch 5K, honestly, try it. You know, you're literally running a minute, walking a minute, 
and I don't think that's what you do. <laughs> I think you run a minute and then walk five, I think that's what it is. But just to just to try it, just to give it a go, because just look at, you know, David has gone through all that grief and, you know, he's been able to find his peace with running and there's magic in it, there really, really is. I really do believe that. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Slimming Stories. Wherever you listen to this episode today, please consider hitting subscribe. That'll really help me climb the podcast charts and any review would be welcome. So until next time, take care and have a great week.